Hello, and welcome to True Horrors with Megan Rachel. Every week we discuss a horror film and the true stories that inspired, influenced, or bear striking resemblance to them. Be warned for spoilers and adult themes. I'm Meg. And I'm Rachel. And this is True Horrors. All right, awesome. Let's do this. Rock and roll. Hello. Hi, everyone. I started this. I, I started this differently than I usually do, and it it threw Rachel off a little. You bit. You brought a real weird energy, and I didn't know how to match it. I mean, I I really can't tell you. I don't know what my energy is right now. <laughs> I don't um, it's just all over the place. Just thinking about ice cream and nachos. I get some ice cream, and I won't be getting nachos, but I will be getting some ice cream when we're done recording. So this week, guys, was my pick, and it was The Conjuring 2. Shouldn't be a big surprise. I love The Conjuring movies, and uh, I love possession movies. Mm-hmm. Real excited that there's going to be a third one. Because, like, obviously The Conjuring is a universe now, and so there are mm-hmm. a lot of side movies, which I like with varying degrees, but I've really liked the two core Conjuring movies for very mm-hmm. different reasons. These are two very different movies. Right. Um, but I've liked them both. I like the movies with Ed and Lorraine because I really like Ed and Lorraine. They might be my favorite horror movie couple. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. But yeah, I wrote for The Conjuring 2. I wrote, we jump right in. Like they're we just really like, do. what up? Yep. I wrote, I hated everything about that opening scene because I did. I hated it so much. Um, oh, yeah. One of the things that I realized while watching this, we discussed this a couple episodes ago. I don't gravitate toward possession movies I like slashers both because I think the slasher is something that could genuinely happen to me but also I can wail on a serial killer I can't wail on a ghost I how how do you fight a ghost I don't like it I don't I don't like that see and I'm scared of things I can't control whereas I feel like I could control a serial killer with a shotgun exactly I need I need a little bit of fear but I need to feel like I can control it in the end I'll get my baseball bat and I'll beat the shit out of them I can't control um, that ghost. I just I think it's a really interesting choice for this franchise to go for this over um Amneville. Because yes. I think people know that story. Mm-hmm. It's been done to death. I mean, we're probably I think we're gonna do it this I'm season. Pretty sure. Um, but it's got a bunch of different versions and people know it. Whereas mm-hmm. this is the Amneville of London. It's one of the it is, they they talk about it one of, if not the most documented paranormal cases. Mm -hmm. I will also say, which we'll get to this when I do the story, as opposed to the first Conjuring, where they almost beat for beat, were like, yeah, this is what happened. Mm -hmm. They took a lot of liberties here. Okay. Um, So there's a lot of things they took, but there are things they didn't, like the fact that there were so many witnesses and so many... um, like examples of it happening, Mm -hmm. which I thought I might pepper in as we're going through this to be like, well, that, you know, but the thing that I do think is the funniest is the fact that Ed and Lorraine really weren't that involved in this case. (laughs) They really weren't. They came for just a couple of days. Like the, the premise, which was that they were coming just to like, see if it was real and tell the church that's what really happened and then they left okay so them staying and doing everything they did that's not part of it like okay which i get because they made the conjuring and then they were like oh people like this this can be a franchise mm-hmm. then obviously they're going to exaggerate their characters 
you know, their core character's importance in the narrative. Right. And you've got to like up the stakes each time. Yes, which is why this one was a little bit um, flashier, which I like this movie, but I love the first one. The first one I think is is probably top five in my favorite horror movies of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think sequels are hard in horror and this one was not disappointing. Right. It was just different. Um, let's talk that teacher taking a puff of their cigarette. I knew it. I knew that's what she was going to do. As soon as she picked it, I was like, as soon as those kids like turned the corner, I was like, she, she's about to smoke that cigarette. And she did not disappoint. And honestly, probably would have done the same thing. It was only seconded by the mom lecturing her about smoking while holding a cigarette. Yes. And I get it. Because the mom can legally smoke, but mm-hmm. still, I think at least don't be lighting one up while you're telling your kid it's something you shouldn't <laughs> do. At least put it out for that conversation. Um, they always knock it out of the park with their soundtracks. And that's the thing, their soundtracks, like mm-hmm. they always do them for the decade. Right. And I was like, yeah, I like these. Rachel and I both like soundtracks. Yes, so, so. much. As soon as uh, that started playing, I was like, well, obviously that was the only thing they could have picked. Like, is there is there any other song that they could have picked? If any of the children in my life ever pick up a Ouija board, I'm going to throw it. Mm. Like, is that not how these all started? Like last week with The Exorcist or two weeks ago, it was that he was playing with one and they called it a spirit board and they made it themselves, which was kind of cute. But like. Am I the only child that never wanted to talk to the dead? No, I didn't. Why? Why do all these kids want to talk to the dead? I don't know. I know. Just asking for trouble. Also, I think I've discovered a pattern. You know how in Disney movies, the moms are always dead? Mm-hmm. The dads are always like, fuck anywhere in horror movies. Yeah. And I wonder if that's sort of like a weird, like, um idea of like the father being protective or something. That's what I was thinking. I was like, I bet it's because it makes the family seem more vulnerable. Yes. Um, Can we talk about how his trash ass had twins with a neighbor? His children being haunted is front page news Mm -hmm. and he doesn't ring up. Right. Not one single time. Absolutely. That father deserves no rights. Like that is insane. Mm Mm-hmm. So many absentee dads in horror. <laughs> okay, this I have. See, this is what I wrote my note in. So I don't know if you noticed, but there are three women named Margaret in this movie. Yes, because isn't because the the oldest daughter is named Margaret, and then Peggy is a nickname for Margaret. Somehow, I don't know. I I can't. I can't do it right now. But when she was talking to the neighbor across, the they're street, both I was named like, Peggy. Both, I was like, are they both named Peggy? But then they never address the neighbor by name again which god bless but that's true that's what the neighbor's name was in real life (laughs) and this is the one point that i felt like they could have taken some license but yes they were both called peggy Uh, the neighbor and her husband were real like that all was real and mm -hmm. when i was like oh my god like just change her name like it's why i think it's why they never address her by name again they're like it's too confusing um ed should have physically fought that guy on that talk show he could have taken him he could easily um i love ed like like i said they're my favorite horror movie couple like i can't Mm -hmm. think of another horror movie where i like the couple as much they are so supportive they love Mm -hmm. each other so much and he should have fist fought him is all i'm saying also i'm sorry why is it classless to ask that man what kind of doctor he is exactly like 
it could be in a made up thing. Like he's presenting himself by having doctor and it could be that he's like a doctor of literature. Like that has nothing to do with this. Yeah. Made me so mad. Fist fight him. Also, God bless those two, but I would never do this. I know they're like, we, we're trying to spread awareness, but seriously, fuck them. Because like, I know, and I know that like Ed and Lorraine are like really good people and they want to help and they want people to understand what's out there, but like they're setting themselves up, selves up to be really mocked and really mm-hmm. name called and stuff. And it's like I always say with things like this in movies um, or real life, but in movies especially, right. is that like no one's going to believe it unless they saw it. Mm-hmm. And also, if that guy was really invested in figuring out if this is real or fake, he'd go with you somewhere. Right. Like, it's just like I, I get what they're trying to do, but I also think that like that takes a real emotional toll, I would right. have to think. Like, because you know it's real. Can you imagine experiencing the kind of things they did in the first conjuring and the other stuff in Amityville and having people be like, You're making it up. Mm-hmm. Your wife's a liar. Like, fight him, Ed. Just fight him. <laughs> um, I think he's too religious to do that. They're both yeah. like really, really like peaceful people. And I'm like, but fight him. Right. Good for them, but fist fight. Oh, I, I, I wrote these out of order, so I couldn't figure out why he, I wrote he ate them all classic. It's with the cookies, the, the cookies. biscuits, how she yeah. was like, don't eat too many. And then you see the plates empty. Yep. It was like, what kind of self-control do you think this child will have? Right. Why didn't just give him one and then put the rest on a high shelf? Like, that's the strategy I have to use on myself. Can we talk about that terrifying, like, first thing with Janet and Margaret and then Margaret just like went back to sleep and I was like I'm never sleeping again like right? are you kidding me when she's like talking to the ghost and oh, using God. the two voices and she's like who are you talking to Janet he's like he says it's his house okay okay <laughs> out of here also the the haunted toy in this one I hate more than I hated the one from the first one like the first one was so clearly haunted But this one too, like, and I think it's because of House on Haunted Hill. Like as soon as it starts, like I am just programmed to be terrified of that kind of thing because of House on Haunted Hill. And I saw it when I, I saw it when I was so young that like every time that it started playing, I was like, no, 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 get it away. Like even when it was being a normal toy, I was like, get that thing away from me. And the thing is, it makes sense why they have the crooked man because it's shown to be trying to help him with his stutter. Mm -hmm. But that is a terrifying toy. Even without it being haunted. I mean, that's something, I don't know if it's coming out this year or next year, if it got pushed from the pandemic, but one of their side movies is going to be The Crooked Man. Oh, I hate that. Which I hate that a lot. Like, but also the fire truck, like never sleeping again. When that fire truck rolled back in, I just don't understand why these children don't scream more. Like, am I, am I also the only one who's a child? I don't know if if I was a child, I would have like gotten myself in a little ball in bed. So my feet weren't hanging and then just screamed until an adult got there. Yeah, I think that's fair. They don't do enough, enough screaming. Mm-mm. And then I wrote, whoop, someone was in that chair for, oh, I um, know I hated that. I hated that so much. They just paint like they just panned over it. Like it was no big deal. And there was a man sitting in that chair and I hated it. See, that's the kind of point of view stuff I like. She didn't see it. We saw it. I was uh-huh. like, nope, nope, nope. nope don't nope, like nope, that. Nope. I also like this franchise. So I like that they take really small things 
and make them terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like that tent. I was like, yeah. okay, but fuck that tent. I was like, take that tent down. No. And then burn all the materials you used to make it. Yeah, because the little boy was like, I'm going to check that tent after the fire truck came back. I was like, no. Nope. Even if it wasn't a ghost, it could be a human man yes. that had snuck into your house and was in your tent. Mm-hmm. As you know, I hate the whole, like, how long it takes people to realize their house is haunted. And I also mm-hmm. feel like the conjuring gets there really quickly. So when the mom's, like, yelling at them and then the dresser just moves. Yes. I That was the point when I wrote, well, I'm glad this ghost isn't a gaslighter. Mm-hmm. Like, he was like, no, 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 I want you all to know that I'm here. Can also, like... That is one of my, the things I never understand, which I'm glad they cover in The Conjuring, is if I was a demon, I would do everything in my power to make the person I was trying to possess feel isolated and alone. So I would never do anything if anyone else was there. So they'd Mm -hmm. seem crazy. And so like when that actually happens, people are like, well, I said speak ghost and the ghost didn't speak. And I'm like, what's a proof of anything? Like maybe it just thinks you're a bitch because I do. Right. Can we talk about the woman in this whose name mm-hmm. I don't remember, who's the who skeptic cares? who saw her talking in the other voice, saw the lights flickering on cue, saw all that shit and was like, it's all faked, which yeah. I don't know if everyone picked up on this, but they live in subsidized housing. They mm-hmm. live in a house that's provided for them by the government. So basically what she's saying is this poor woman is doing this to try. And I don't mean poor as in her feeling sorry. I mean, economically is doing all of this to get a better house. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to slap that woman. Like she is saying she's putting her children through all of this in order to get a nicer house from the government. It's just, I'm like, Oh, glad to see that kind of stuff is in other countries too. Right. Like also it's the seventies. There are no nicer houses from the government. No, like absolutely. It was, I just I I can't believe the amount of things she witnesses. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, well, it makes sense because everyone's in on it, which like and I'll get to this in my story. But when they do like the newsreel and there are all those witnesses, mm-hmm. those are all based on real witnesses like that police officer signed an affidavit of, as to what they saw, like wow. in real life. And she's like and when I'm jumping to the end. But when the when Peggy's like are the police in on it too? And I'm like, but seriously though, you think that the single mother of four who can't pay her bills has set up this elaborate Cirque du Soleil bullshit that even (laughs) has tricked the police and it's all to get a better house. Mm -hmm. Like I hated that woman. I wish she had that kind of money. She could just buy her own house. Yes. The crooked man should have eaten her. Yes. I also hate the crooked man part. Um, because it's so out of step with a lot of the other stuff in The Conjuring. Like, it's so big. Mm-hmm. I don't know if um, the movie The Crooked Man, I don't know if it'll set that up more, or if the effect will be, but it felt so out of place. You know, mm-hmm. the there hasn't been anything like that in this movie. And then they were like, and now it's this like big ass crooked man I mean I also didn't like him because he's terrifying yeah but I was sort of like you feel a little out of place there crooked man but then when it like the shadow turned out to be just Janet being the crooked man and then doing that scary ass rhyme and like Uh destroying her neighbor's house it's like okay that I like and then I'm just talking about how much I hate when people are like the demon didn't do this on command and I'm like if I was the demon why would I right I'm trying to steal a child's soul here. And the more that you tell them they're crazy and stuff, the more they're going to be weakened to me. Like Mm -hmm. demon 101. 
demon 101 also ed's face when he's like your father called you edward he is so done he's like no he didn't <laughs> shut up like his face made me laugh so hard because i'm like ed is over it ed is over demons trying to talk about his family he's like everybody calls me ed stop do you think you're the first person to go down this well like i thought that was really funny also to go back to the woman the skeptic um and how awful she is she's the one who says i don't know what's worse the demons or the people who would take advantage of them like to trick us and lorraine just goes the demons the demons are worse I loved that so much that like it is separated from all my other notes like there's an empty line on either side because it's like the demons are worse and that's the thing like I'm just like what like I don't know what's worse it's like the murderers or the people who profit off of them the murderers (laughs) murderers are worse like it's so weird. Also, like, I like that there's, like, skepticism in this movie. Mm-hmm. But it's also, like, okay, so you were just, you were trying to find a way that these, this wasn't going to be, like, she was in the locked room. The room was locked from the outside. Yes. So, again, that all goes to horrible woman's idea that, like, Peggy is the one making Janet do this. Right. And I'm, like, you're, you're the worst. I hate you. <laughs> like. Right. Also, it's so weird because like Ed and Lorraine are skeptics, like they believe in it, but they know that they're not all hauntings. Like they were literally there to be like, is this real or not? Which inherently makes them skeptics. Like if you're trying to assess if something is actually happening, you have to go in with the idea that like, it's probably not. Well, and we established in the conjuring, the first conjuring that they're like, they're not all, which is also why it annoyed me when that talk show house guy was like, Ed hasn't found a house that he doesn't think has ghosts. I'm like, but he has Mm -hmm. like, that's what their whole thing is, is that most of them aren't haunted. Right. And like, I also like, of course, the like climax made me so angry because I was like, is no one going to question? Like, also just very simply, I thought the first time I saw it, I was like, Maybe the demon made her like she's physically possessed. How do you even know that was right. her doing it and not the de- it was so weird that it was like this is blank evidence like mm-hmm. but sh- the whole idea is she's possessed. Right. So like the demon uses her body. Yes. So even if it hadn't been the demon made her do it to make them leave, it was still like, OK, but we know she's possessed. Like mm-hmm. I hated that woman. I, I it would just, it made me so mad because like you can see that Janet is like, her eyes are sunken. Like mm-hmm. she looks physically like they are all so troubled and to just like, just somebody who's so set in their worldview. And I'm like, right. I'm sorry, but like talk to Ed and Lorraine. Cause they can tell you they've both seen some shit mm-hmm. like whether or not this one's real or not. Like it does exist. Right. I wonder if the woman in real life was that much of a bitch. They showed her picture. (laughs) I loved when he sang. Yes, that was really cute. Because I also love how they do stuff like that, where they're like, Mm -hmm. they need to be a family again. Like they need to be strong against the demons. You know, Mm -hmm. I was like, that's cute. So cute. Also, I want to interrupt to play a fun game. Pick the scarier basement. This one or Buffalo Bills. Are we talking this one while it's flooded? Yes. This one. Yeah. Right. Right. So many of my fears combined into one scene. 
I literally wrote, I'm going to enter this water-filled basement in this haunted house. What could go wrong? Right. Blessed. But I was like, are you serious right now? Wait until the daytime, man. At least then you can see. I loved the reveal in this. Again, it's a lot more dramatic than the first one, but you got to up the ante. Right. But when those tape recorders fell and he realized it, like I knew it was coming. But I remember the first time when they did it being like, because it didn't occur to me that it was, it, it did occur to me that he was trying to talk to them, but something was stopping him. Right. But it did not occur to me that it was an overlapped message. It kind of was at the back of my mind just because the first time it played, like that first time we got it, I was like, oh, he like it because you get more of the sentence the first mm-hmm. time. Whereas like if they had done it in the reverse order, I don't know that it would have like occurred to me as strongly because I mean, there were only two words the second time there. were So like we had most of a sentence, but two words were missing. But it's like one of those movies that's like good enough that you don't stop and think about it and like figure mm-hmm. it out until the moment comes. You're like, I, I, I thought that's what was going to happen. And it was really cool to see that of like, this is why Lorraine can't sense anything because it's, it's mm-hmm. the nun demon that wants to kill Ed. I also, when the lightning struck and you saw that that is mm-hmm. the place where Ed dies, I was like, my God. And that's something they brought from the first one because mm-hmm. they discussed the fact that something happened to her and she saw his death and like, I loved that. I loved it turning out. We haven't talked about the terrifying thing where the nun grabs its own picture and oh being God. like, I had a nightmare. So I decided to draw it. Yes. I hated that scene so much. I did not stop yelling at my TV the entire scene. Like I hated that creepy nun. There was like one of the time, one of the things I wrote down was love this wallpaper, hate that creepy nun. And I just yelled at the creepy nun the whole time, especially when its shadow was walking and went behind the painting. Like I, I hated it so much. See, and I'm, I'm less like mad about the nun than I am the crooked man. The nun I felt like fit with their whole aesthetic. The crooked man, I was like, what is with your hat? Like you're so weird and crooked. He's got uh, a crooked hat. It does. He's a I think crooked man. Eyes are on its hat or something. Oh, it's, I did it's not weird. Notice. But. It didn't take me out of it too much. I was just like, Arr. but the nun I felt like fit right in. Um, oh, I mean, I was mad at it because it was creepy as hell. Oh, yeah. That's why I kept yelling at it. I kept being like, stop it, creepy nun. And if I didn't hate my neighbor so much, I would have felt bad. No. About um, how loud I was being. But when the nun puts its hands and is like, and now I'm the painting and I'm going to run at you with the painting. I hated that. I was like, wow. Okay. But yeah, when they come back and they're, you know, go, they're breaking through and, you know, all that. And they're fighting for Janet's soul. Like all of that was great. Like mm-hmm. all of that was really great. I'm glad we put the kids in the car and we weren't like, let's all hang out. Yes. But yeah. And then they gave, he gave Janet, he gave Janet its cross. I also love that where they both tell Janet the story. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, you two Super are cute. too much. They like too I much. marry them. I'm like, oh, but that's the thing that in the first movie is she's, they've always, like he said, God brought them together, mm-hmm. which it also makes sense. Then like, if you're a demon that you're trying to kill Ed to destroy her faith and then right. get rid of them as like this demon hunting duo. Mm-hmm. Also they should bring their daughter next time. She's really getting older. Should. She is getting older. Also, I understand why Ed went into the house, but it was a bad call. It's like running into a burning building. Because now we have two people we need to save. And like 
I think we've established that they need each other. And also the demon's name is stupid. The demon's name is stupid. It's a stupid um, name. It's a stupid name. I just don't know in that moment what I would have done because the demon was trying to get her to kill herself. And so if he hadn't been there, she would have died. So right. it's like, there's no, there's no good thing. I think in that moment, but it's just like, they shouldn't, if they hadn't been separated, but of course the demon wants to separate them. Right. Um, because he needs her to fight it too. You're exactly right. They need to go in together. Um, but I do think she was understandably afraid because she kept seeing his death right. and now knew when it was happening. Right. Um, so it did all work out, but yeah, it was not, it was not the best choice, but I don't know what else he could have done. Did they know that the demon was going to make her jump onto that tree? I mean, they didn't know that was going to happen. Ex- no, they didn't know that was going to happen exactly, but they knew that it had, it was taking her, whatever that was supposed to mean, because right. it took everyone out of the house and it had fully possessed her in a way it hadn't possessed. So they were going to have to get in that house anyway, because they were going to have to exercise her. Right. Also, it took that neighbor man so long to break down that door. And I'm not judging because I've never broken down a door with an axe. It probably is very difficult to do. But like, oh, my God, every time he took a swing and nothing happened, I was like, man, you suck at this. I have to wonder if that's the thinnest door. Like, I understand that's the way that he went through. But would would that have been the cellar door? I wouldn't think would be the thinnest door. I would think the front door would be. Like, if you're going to be axing a door anyway, I would just think you'd pick the thinnest one. Right. Also, when when um, he tried to go through the window and that couch flew at Ed, mm-hmm. I was like, he threw a couch at him. He threw a couch at you. And then they blinded him with steam. Like, yes. poor Ed. Yep. That's it. That's when I was like, you've just made this situation so much worse. You wandered into an emergency and now we have to save you because you can't see. It was good. He saw enough to catch her. But the thing is, and I don't think he knew at that point, like only he hadn't seen the tree. So he didn't know at that point that like the demon wasn't going to get him until he was up there because the demon was trying to get them both. Right. Which he didn't know. But you know what? And that's all, you know, I would say Ed did what he had to do. Mm-hmm. But then once again, he's like, let me take this terrifying toy to my murder room. Yes. Well, you know, the priest is probably coming to bless it in the next couple of days. So I just every time like that room. And I think that the newest I think there's like three or four Annabelle movies. And I think one of them is about babysitters babysitting their daughter and messing with that room which if I ever do an Annabelle movie I think that's the one I do because that one sounds the most fun right just being like you're dumb get away from that room first of all babysitting at the house with all the creepy stuff that has to get blessed by a priest like you got to think they pay well but then to be like I'm gonna break into it why Because they're probably teenagers. No final jump scare, which I always appreciate in this move. These movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that. Final thoughts. God, that was a long movie. Yeah, they're all really movie. long. They're all long. like both of the Conjuring movies are over two hours. Yeah, I was like, I mean, it was it was a good time, but like I started it really early in the the evening, and I was like, oh, I'll have time to do stuff after this is over, and then it was like. I was done. And I was like, wow, I have to go to bed. Nope. No final thoughts. Okay. Well, no one actually died. Yeah. So I'd survive. Yeah, I think so. All right. So let's talk true story. Okay. So again, there is a lot here that is 
accurate to what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest difference I would say is the involvement of Ed and Lorraine. Okay. Gross, who was the older man whose daughter was dead, mm-hmm. he was the one who was there okay. the whole time with them. So the Enfield haunting started in August 1977, um, London. So I had my sources were there was a People magazine article and History versus Hollywood. But the biggest one was BBC Radio 4 did um, a reunion where they talked to a bunch of the people who had witnessed stuff. Amazing. Um, so Peggy Hudson is a um, Hodson is a single mother with four children. All stuff we know. Mm-hmm. This is the most well-documented poltergeist in British history. There were over thirty eyewitnesses, wow. including neighbors, police officers, journalists, and a uh, psychic researcher. Okay. So the main haunting lasted eighteen months. So Peggy heard loud noises um, coming from her daughter's room. 12-year-old Margaret Margaret and 11-year-old Janet. I feel like they made Margaret a little older in the movie. Definitely. Um, And so she told them to quiet. She wanted to go up there to tell them to be quiet. When she found them, they were cowering in a corner together, sobbing. And they told her that the chest was moving and um, their beds were moving and there was pounding. And she said that that's silly. And then the chest moved. Uh, and then she tried to move it back and it would not move. Oh my God. I hate that. So they did go to the neighbors. Yeah. Um, and so prior to that, there had been what I consider to be the basic haunting stuff, pounding at different times, lights flickering. Um, the younger boys said they felt like they were being watched, Ugh. which when I was reading this, I was like, this sounds like someone lives in your walls. Like until stuff started moving, I was Mm -hmm. like, this sounds like, so they went to their neighbors just like in the uh, movie because they assumed somebody was in their house, which I have to feel like at that point, that's a hail Mary because you saw the chest move yourself. So it was Vic and Peggy (laughs) and they called the police who showed up and they said that they checked, they checked, there was no people. And then a chair lifted half an inch off the ground and slid across the kitchen. And the police said, this isn't really our area. And they left. <laughs> and they said, just like in the movie, they would make an affidavits and they would swear to it. And they did. But they said, um, this isn't really a police matter. That's literally what they told her before they bounced. I mean... Wouldn't I what on the one hand of like what else are they gonna do? It's not, but on the other hand, again, it's good to know that the police are just as useless in the UK as they are here. The thing that's crazy to me is that, yeah, they were basically like, you need to leave. Um, and this is something which we're gonna get to in the end. But the reason I'm really insulted by the idea of people saying that Peggy was trying to get a better home is she lived there till the day she died in 2003. She was not trying to get a different house. Mm-hmm. She, even when this became huge news, she wasn't trying to leave. She was trying to get help for her family, which is why right. she went. Like when the journalist who he is interviewed in this BBC special too, the journalist um, who they, um, the ghost threw a Lego at, they mm-hmm. said that it was like she was trying to get help because no one would help her. Mm-hmm. She was a single mom with four kids in the 70s. So the police were no help and she was terrified. And so she called the press. Um hoping they'd help her. 
Right. So this photojournalist came, Graham Morris, and he'd had um, some experience in different um, different types of photography and stuff. And he says he called the he still calls the experience life changing to this day. He says um, he had all the children. He was in the kitchen and he had all the children brought in with an adult one by one because the children were more present. So when the last child was brought in, it was Janet. And that is when he started getting pelted with Legos and other objects. And he said, I was standing with my back to the wall. I could physically see everyone in the room. They weren't the ones throwing them. Jesus. He was, and he was just like, nope. Also getting hit with a Lego, like by a ghost, you're like rude, first of Mm -hmm. all. So he took the photos, the photos that Gross shows, those were real photos that he took with, um, I don't know if he's in that scene where the woman says like, what's worse, but Mm -hmm. he is the one who took the picture. So every time he heard anything, he would snap it, but he wasn't in the room. So the pictures have a lot of debate because it's like Ed said, with the way of her body positioned, she could be jumping. Mm-hmm. So people weren't sure, although neighbors said they saw her suspended in the air from her window at random hours. And so it wasn't just that she was in the air. It's that she would sit there or stand there, excuse me, and including, sorry, this is just really funny to me. So the first time I ever read about this, it said something about lolly or lollipop. I'm like, like an ice cream man. No, that's what they call a crossing guard. Oh, yes, that's right. They do. So the crossing guard who is in the movie when they're doing that supercut, she's the one who saw her floating in the air from her gotcha. um, from her room. So there were so many witnesses to this, which is one of those things where I'm just like, okay, I don't like that one bit. I don't like all these independent people that had nothing to gain right. saying this. So uh, Maurice Gross, he was the one who documented most of it. He said he saw marbles go through the air, doors and chairs move when there was no one in them or around them. Um, So in early November, uh, Gross asked the spirit, um, are you having a game with me? Like, are you messing with Mm us? And he got hit in the head with a cardboard box and then a pillow. I get that's a resounding yes yes like it's like so you are screwing with me like um so Janet claimed to be possessed at times by an old man who lived there before and she spoke in a gruff voice and she told them how he died and then they called up her his son and his son was like that's exactly how he died which when she was like that's all public record I'm like in the 70s where would you go to get that (laughs) (laughs) ah yes hello Officer, I'm 11 years old. I would like to know how the previous tenant of my home died. Also, they make a point of saying they called the son. So it doesn't seem like all the neighbors knew the specifics of where this man died and what happened, right. like in the house. So so the part that pisses me off, people thought Peggy was doing it to get money. And the family says not only did she live there till 2003, they didn't make any money off of this because how would you? Right. Like, so this also, is what's oh if she did make money off of it like who cares she lives in subsidized housing she 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 needs the money like who who cares if she's if she did do it for money like I feel like there's a lot of classism in this uh-huh. and there's a lot of like a hatred of this woman who I'm like 
this single mother of four living off the government. And I'm like, where is this children's father? Mm. Like we know where, like he's not paying child support. He's not helping with these children, but like she is already not to be trusted because she's a single mother. Yep. It's, it really, it makes me believe her so hard just because I'm angry. So this is what's funny or not funny. I think a little terrifying. Okay. So you know how there's the part where they're like, where Janet fakes it. Mm-hmm. So Gross and Janet and Margaret are like, Gross is like, they did fake it at times. And the girls are like, yeah, we did. Because we wanted to see if Gross actually knew the difference or if he didn't care what we did and just wanted there to be a ghost. So they they said, we faked it about 2% and every time he knew and called us out. Amazing. Like, and I'm like, I don't like that either. Yeah. I'm like, I don't like that one bit. But they were like, yeah, we just wanted to know if he was like even interested in like if it was real or not. But every time he was like, girls. So. <laughs> and he said, you could you could tell that it was different. Um, and Janet said another reason she faked it is because people would come to the house and they'd expect her to make things happen. And she was 11 and she felt like she was disappointing Aww. them when Aww. she couldn't make the ghost do things. And I think both of those, to me, the fact that they admit that in this um, BBC thing, I'm like, again, that makes me believe them more that they were experiencing yeah. something because they're saying like, and yeah, she's 11. Like, I get that. Like, mm-hmm. they're like, make it be ghosts. And she's like, make it be ghosts. I, I can't. I'm, I'm specifically not in charge of the ghost, which is why this shit is happening. So they did a BBC radio tour with uh, Gross and they heard a noise and it was this BBC reporter, Roz Morris was with, gross and they heard a noise coming from the girl's room and they came upstairs and this chair had flown completely across the room but the girls the woman who was the journalist said there was no way the girls could be still in bed the way they were and have moved the chair at the same time and gotten back to where they like and had thrown the chair and gotten back because we were quickly in the room when we heard it so for her that was for this journalist that was the most shocking because she was like there's no way they could have done this and then been where they were in the room. Mm-hmm. The kids said they were scared all the time and they were bullied really hard in school because of all of it. They followed Janet around and called her ghost girl. I mean, under different circumstances, that would be a pretty cool nickname. It's also not inventive at all. Can we talk about how these names like it's like, oh, They're ghost 11, girl. Meg, like <laughs> you met an 11 year old. Janet said that she, although she found it like troubling, she wasn't truly scared until one night a curtain wrapped around her face, which is Ah. how that ends. And that's when she realized it could kill her. Great. Like, so that's scary. So one of the skeptics claimed that Janet was a ventriloquist. Right. 11 year old professional ventriloquist. I mean, when you have a passion, you really (laughs) dedicate yourself to it. But People who actually knew about ventriloquism said she does it for over a half an hour. Like th- that'd be nearly impossible without anyone noticing or without it slipping. Like it'd be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Like she's 11. Like thought that was so funny that I was like, oh, she's a ventriloquist. I kept thinking that during the movie where I was just <laughs> like, how the, but it's because she, the ghost, she did say the ghost said you had to turn around. So that's why people were yeah. like, the go- she did say the ghost was like, don't look at me. It's a shy Which ghost. I think is funny. Like, <laughs> don't look at me. How dare you? 
Gross documented over 2,000 incidences himself. Furniture moving, uh, cups uh, flying across the room. He said at one point a cup filled with water on its own. Um, my favorite one, fires igniting out no. spontaneously. Levitation and voices. And yeah, I, I, if I was gross, I'd be pissed because he was there all this time. And the Warrens were only there for like five days. And then um, they did some stuff and they they did certify it was real. They did say to the church, this is real. This is happening. Um, but many um, used the Warren's involvement as an idea that it was fake, which might have been one of the reasons that they didn't stay very long. Because at that point, which, again, I feel like they don't make this much of a connection in the movie. But at that point, people believed Amneville. Like people had started to believe Amneville was a hoax. And so the fact that the Warrens were involved, they were using it as a way to say the Warrens, everything they've done so far is all a hoax. And so they left so that because people were starting to see the Warrens being there as an idea that it is fraud. Gotcha. Which that's also really difficult because it's like, even if. Uh, which like I haven't done the deep dive on the Amneville. I will because I'm doing it this season. But mm -hmm. even if it were found to be fake, that wouldn't like be the Warrens' fault. Right. They didn't, you know. So it's like it's one of those things. But um, in 1978, a priest blessed the house and it died down, but never completely went away. They always heard some noises or thought that something was watching them. Which fine, but why did it take you 18 months to get to priest? Right. Well, I mean, they're probably Protestants. So at the time of the movie, Janet was 46 and she still said it all happened. Um, but she said that she hadn't been talking about it she, until her mom passed away because it upset her mom so much. Gotcha. So now that her mom had passed away, she felt more open to talk about it. But here's my epilogue. So Peggy passed away and Claire Bonnet moved in with her four sons to that apartment because apparently you, that house because you can't live there unless you're a single mother with four children. Cool. And those kids felt like they were being watched and they heard noises. And then one day, uh, one of Peggy's sons told her she saw a man. He saw a man in his room and they moved out the next day. Good for them. Claire, not Peggy, obviously. And Claire was like, I'm not I'm not doing this. They'd lived there for two months. Does um, anyone live there now? Not that it's said, but it's um, the thing is, it's it's still government housing. So I sort of wonder right. if like you don't have a choice, you just get the haunted one. Right. So that's the story. I think the movie was scarier. It seems yeah. like for the most part, this was um, as benign as it can get. Right. Ghosts just seem to really dig that attention. Yeah. It's probably hard to get when you're a ghost, you know? Yeah. I just... Ones like these, ones like these, I'm always like, ones that you can't out of hand dismiss, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. When there's some kind of like haunting like this and you can't out of hand say 100%, oh, so this was, you know, whatever. Like, especially when you have like so many witnesses and it's mm -hmm. like, again, if you 100% believe this didn't happen, that means you're the woman from this movie who thinks this mother and children we're in on it and we're so good at it. They tricked all these other people, which I'm like, right. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily more, um, has more of a chance of being right. real. That or all of these random people got together and decided that they were going to pull a thing. But the thing is when hoaxes do occur, the people involved usually break like the really famous Bigfoot photo and the really famous Loch Ness monster photo. 
people have come out and been like, oh yeah, I faked that. Because they just, when it gets that much attention, especially like they just, they break. Well, it's kind of like the research that's been done on conspiracies, that the more people involved, there's like a um, an algorithm that the more people involved and the bigger it is, the quicker it falls apart because people just can't keep secrets right. like that. Like yes. it's impossible. And so the amount of people that would have to be involved in this is just so many mm-hmm. um, that I find that really fascinating. But yeah, I'm excited for The Conjuring 3. It isn't out yet. Be really nice if it could be one of the first things I see back in theaters. Right. Um, I miss going to the movies. I miss a lot of things, but I do miss going to the movies. And that would be fun to see on the big screen. Um, I think I've told you before, but it will definitely be a movie for us because they're doing it based on like one of the first cases or the first case where possession was used as a defense. Oh, yeah. All right, Rachel, what do we got on the docket next week? We're going to be watching the original The Hills Have Eyes. And this is another one I have not seen. I've also not seen it, so. Oh, God. It could also be terrible. Who knows? Who knows? All right. (laughs) Next week, then. All right. Any more final thoughts? No. Well, thank you everyone this week for tuning in. Make sure if you haven't, you catch up on other episodes, like and share on Instagram and Facebook, uh, rate and review on Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts and tell your friends about it. And uh, we check our social media. So if you want to leave a comment, if you've got suggestions or any thoughts on this one, feel free and uh, we will talk soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.